0: Chapter 53 of The Deluge, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andrew Gontz. The Deluge, Volume 2, by Henrik Schenkiewicz. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 53. Sakovitch, after he had seized and flayed Brown, arranged at once a joint attack on the Billevich party with Hamilton, the commandant of Ponyevy, an Englishman in the Swedish service. Babinich had just disappeared somewhere in the forest, and for a number of days no report of him had come. But Sakovitch would not have regarded him, even if he had been in the neighborhood. He had, it is true, in spite all of his daring, a certain instinctive dread of Babinich, but this time he was ready to perish himself if he could accomplish his vengeance from the time of anusia's flight rage had not ceased for a moment to tear his soul deceived calculations and wounded love especially brought him to frenzy and besides the heart was suffering in him at first he wished to marry anusia only for the property willed to her by her first betrothed pan podbipienta but later he fell in love with her blindly and to the death as only such a man can fall in love and it went so far that he feared no one on earth save bugoslav he before whose glance alone people grew pale gazed like a dog into the eyes of that maiden yielded to her endured her caprices carried out all her wishes strove to divine her thoughts she used and abused her influence deluding him with words with a look she used him as a slave and finally betrayed him Sakovich was one of those men who consider that only as good and virtuous which is good for them and as evil and criminal that which brings them harm in his eyes therefore anusia had committed the most terrible crime and there was no punishment sufficiently great for her if the mishap had met another the starosta would have laughed and jeered at the man but when it touched his own person he roared as a wounded wild beast and thought only of vengeance he wished to get the guilty woman into his hands dead or alive he would have preferred her alive for then he could exercise a cavalier's vengeance before her death but if the maiden had to fall in time of attack he cared little if only she did not come into possession of another wishing to act with certainty he sent a bribed man to the sword-bearer with a letter as if from Babinich, in which he announced in the name of the latter that he would be in volmontovici in the course of a week Billevich believed easily trusting therefore in the invincible power of Babinich, and he made no secret of the arrangement he not only took up his headquarters for good in volmontavici but by the announcement of the news he attracted almost all the population of lauda what remained of it assembled from the forests first because the end of autumn had come and there were heavy frosts and second through pure curiosity alone to see the great warrior meanwhile from the direction of ponievie marched toward volmontavici hamilton's swedes and from the direction of kaidani was stealing forward in wolf fashion sackovich but Sakovich had no suspicion that on his tracks was advancing in wolf fashion also a third man, who without invitation had the habit of coming where people expected him least. Kimita knew not that Olenka was with the Bilovich party. In Taurogi, which he ruined with fire and sword, he learned that she had gone with Anusia, but he supposed that they had gone to Bialovyi, where Panyan's wife was hiding as well as many other noblewomen. He might the more easily suppose this, since he knew that Bilovich had long intended to take his niece to those impassable forests. It tortured Pan Andrei immensely that he had not found her in Taurogi, but at that same time he was glad that she had escaped from the hands of Sakovic, and would find safe refuge till the end of the war. Not being able to go for her at once to the wilderness, he determined to attack and destroy the enemy in Jumud, until he had crushed them completely, and fortune went with him. For a month and a half, victory followed victory. Armed men rushed to him in such numbers that soon his shambul was barely one-fourth of his force. Finally, he drove the enemy out of all western Jmud. but hearing of Sakovitch and having old scores to settle with the Starosta, he set out for his own former district and followed him. In this way, both were now drawing near Volmontovici. Bilovich, who at first had taken a position not far from the village, had been living there a week and the thought did not even come to his head that he would soon have such terrible guests one evening the youthful Butrams, herding horses beyond Volmontevici, informed him that troops had issued from the forest and were advancing from the south billevich was too old and experienced a soldier not to take precautions some of his infantry partly furnished with firearms by the domasheviches he placed in the houses recently rebuilt and some he stationed at the gate with the cavalry he took possession himself of a broad pasture somewhat in the rear beyond the fences and which touched with one side the river he did this mainly to gain the praise of babinich who must understand skilful dispositions the place he had chosen was really a strong one after Kamita had burned volmontovici in vengeance for the slaughter of his comrades the village was rebuilt by degrees but as later on the swedish war had stopped work on it a multitude of beams planks and boards were lying on the principal street whole piles of them rose up near the gate and infantry even slightly trained might make a protracted defense from behind them in every case the infantry protected the cavalry from the first onset billevich was so eager to exhibit his military skill to babinich that he sent forward a small party to reconnoitre what was his amazement and at the first moment alarm when from a distance and beyond the grove there came to him the sound of musketry then his party appeared on the road but coming at a gallop with a crowd of enemies at its shoulders the sword-bearer sprang at once to the infantry to give final orders but from the grove rushed forth dense groups of the enemy and advanced locust-like toward Volmontavici, with arms glittering in the setting sun the grove was near When they had approached somewhat, the cavalry pushed forward at once on a gallop, wishing to pass the gate at a blow. But the sudden fire of the infantry stopped them on the spot. The first ranks fell back, and even in considerable disorder. Only a few brought their horses' breasts to the defenses. The sword-bearer recovered meanwhile, and galloping to the cavalry ordered all who had pistols or guns to advance to the aid of the infantry. Evidently the enemy were equally provided with muskets for after the first onset they began a very violent though irregular fire from both sides it thundered now more quickly now more slowly the balls whistling came up to the cavalry struck on the houses fence piles of timber the smoke rose over volmontovici the smell of powder filled the street Anusia had what she wanted a battle both ladies mounted ponies at the first moment by command of billevich so that, at a given signal they might retreat with the party should the enemy's forces turn out too great, they were stationed, therefore, in the rear ranks of the cavalry but Though Anusia had a small sabre at her side and a lynx-skin cap on her head, her soul fled at once into her arms. She, who knew so well how to take counsel in peace with officers, had not one pinch of energy when she had to stand eye to eye with the sons of Bologna in the field. The whistle and knocking of balls terrified her the uproar the racing of orderlies the rattle of muskets and the groan of the wounded took away her presence of mind and the smell of powder stopped the breath in her breast she grew faint and weak her face became pale as a kerchief and she squirmed and whimpered like a little child till young pan olesha from Kaimnar had to hold her by the arms he held her firmly more firmly than was needed and he was ready to hold her in that way to the end of the world the soldiers around her began to laugh a knight in petticoats called voices better set hens and pluck feathers others cried pan o lesha that shield has come to your arm but cupid will shoot you all the more easily through it and good humor seized the soldiers but others preferred to look at olenka who bore herself differently at first when bullets flew past at some distance she grew pale too not being able to forbear inclining her head and closing her eyes but later nightly blood began to act in her then with face flushed like a rose she reared her head and looked forward with fearless eye her distended nostrils drew in as it were with pleasure the smell of powder since the smoke grew thicker and thicker at the gate and decreased the view greatly the daring lady seeing that the officers were advancing went with them to follow more accurately the course of battle, not even thinking what she was doing. In the throng of cavalry there rose a murmur of praise. Oh, that is blood, that is the wife for a soldier, she's the right kind of volunteer. Vivat pan bilovich! Let us hasten, gracious gentlemen, for it is worth while before such eyes. The Amazons did not meet muskets better, cried one of the younger men forgetting in his enthusiasm that the Amazons lived before the invention of powder. It is time to finish. The infantry have borne themselves well, and the enemy are seriously shattered. In fact, the enemy could do nothing with their cavalry. Every moment they urged on their horses, attacked the gate, but after a salvo drew back in disorder. And as a wave which has fallen upon the flat shore leaves behind mussels, stones, and dead fish, so after each attack a number of bodies of horses and men were left on the road before the gate at last the onsets ceased only volunteers came up firing in the direction of the village with pistols and guns rather thickly so as to occupy the attention of Billovitch's men but the sword-bearer coming out along the gutter of the house saw a movement in the rear ranks of the enemy toward the fields and thickets extending along the left side of Volmontavici. They will try from that side, cried he, and sent immediately a part of the cavalry between the houses so as to give resistance to the enemy from the gardens. In half an hour a new battle was begun on the left wing of the party and also with firearms. The fenced gardens rendered difficult a hand-to-hand struggle, and equally difficult for both sides. The enemy, however, being extended over a longer line were less exposed to bullets. The battle was becoming more stubborn and more active and the enemy did not cease to attack the gate bilovich was growing uneasy on the right flank he had a field behind him still free ending with a stream not very wide but deep and swampy through which a passage especially if in haste might be difficult in one place only was there a trodden road to a flat shore along which villagers drove cattle to the forest the sword-bearer began to look around oftener toward that side all at once among willows which could be seen through for they had lost their leaves he saw in the evening light glittering weapons and a dark cloud of soldiers babinich is coming thought he but at that moment pan Yonstovsky, who led the cavalry rushed up to him swedish infantry are visible from the river cried he in terror some treason cried pan Tomash. by christ's wounds gallop with your cavalry against that infantry otherwise it will attack us on the flank There is a great force, answered Yonstovsky. Oppose it even for an hour, and we will escape in the rear to the forests. The officer galloped away, and was soon rushing over the field at the head of two hundred men, seeing which the enemy's infantry began to form in the willows to receive the poles. The squadron urged the horses, and in the willow bushes a musketry fire was soon rattling. Bilovich had doubts, not only of victory, but of saving his own infantry. He might withdraw to the rear with a part of the cavalry with the ladies and seek safety in the forest but such a withdrawal would be a great defeat for it meant leaving to the enemy's sword most of the party and the remnant of the population of lauda which had collected in Volmontevici to see bilovich Volmontevici itself would be leveled to the ground there remained still the lone hope that jan stovsky would break the infantry meanwhile it was growing dark in the sky But in the village the light increased every moment, for the chips, splinters, and shavings lying in a heap at the first house near the gate had caught fire. The house itself caught fire from them, and a red conflagration was rising. By the light of the burning, Bilevich saw Yonstovsky's cavalry returning in disorder and panic. After it the Swedish infantry were rushing from the willows, advancing to the attack on a run. He understood then that he must retreat by the only road open. He rushed to the rest of the cavalry, waved his sword, and cried, To the rear, gentlemen, and in order, in order. Suddenly shots were heard in the rear also, mingled with shouts of soldiery. Bilovich saw that he was surrounded, that he had fallen, as it were, into a trap from which there was neither issue nor rescue. It remained for him only to perish with honor. Therefore he sprang out before the line of cavalry and cried, Let us fall one upon the other. Let us not spare our blood for the faith in the country. Meanwhile, the fire of the infantry defending the gate in the left side of the village had grown weak, and the increasing shout of the enemy announced their near victory. But what mean those hoarse trumpet sounds in the ranks of Sakovich's party, and the rattle of drums in the ranks of the Swedes? Outcries shriller and shriller were heard, in some way wonderful, confused, as if not triumph but terror rings through them. The fire at the gate stops in a moment, as if someone had cut it off with a knife. Groups of Sakovitch's cavalry are flying at breakneck speed from the left flank to the main road. On the right flank the infantry halt, and then, instead of advancing, begin to withdraw to the willows. What is this? cried Bilevich. Meanwhile the answer comes from that grove out of which Sakovitch had issued and now emerge from it men horses squadrons horsetail standards sabers and march no they fly like a storm and not like a storm like a tempest in the bloody gleams of the fire they are as visible as a thing on the hand they are hastening in thousands the earth seems to flee from beneath them and they speed on in dense column one would say that some monster had issued from the oak grove and is sweeping across the fields to the village to swallow it the air flies before them driven by the impetus with them go terror and ruin they are almost there now the attack like a whirlwind they scatter sakovitch's men oh god oh great god cries billevich in bewilderment these are ours that must be babinich babinich roared every throat after him babinich babinich called terrified voices in sakovitch's party and all the enemy's cavalry wheel to the right to escape toward the infantry. The fence is broken with a sharp crash under the pressure of the horse's breasts. The pasture is filled with the fleeing, but the newcomers on their shoulders already cut, slash, cut without resting, cut without pity. The whistling of sabres, cries, groans are heard. Pursuers and pursued fall upon the infantry, overturn, break, and scatter them. At last the whole mass rolls on toward the river, disappears in the brush, clamors out on the opposite bank. Men are visible yet, the chasing continues with cutting and cutting. They recede, their sabres flash once again, then they vanish in bushes, in space and in darkness. Bilevich's infantry began to withdraw from the gate and the houses, which needed no further defense. The cavalry stood for a time in such wonder that deep silence reigned in the ranks. AND ONLY WHEN THE FLAMING HOUSE HAD FALLEN WITH A CRASH WAS SOME VOICE HEARD ON A SUDDEN. IN THE NAME OF THE FATHER, SON, AND HOLY GHOST, THE STORM HAS GONE BY. NOT A FOOT WILL COME OUT ALIVE FROM THAT HUNT, SAID ANOTHER VOICE. GRACIOUS GENTLEMEN, CRIED THE SWORD-BEARER SUDDENLY, SHALL WE NOT SPRING AT THOSE WHO CAME AT US IN THE REAR? THEY ARE RETREATING, BUT WE WILL COME UP. KILL, SLAY, ANSWERED A CHORUS OF VOICES. All the cavalry wheeled around and urged their horses after the last division of the enemy. In Volmontovici remained only old men, women, children, and the lady with her friend. They quenched the fire in a twinkle. Joy inconceivable seized all hearts. Women with weeping and sobbing raised their hands heavenward, and turning to the point where Babinich had rushed away, cried, god bless thee invincible warrior saviour who rescued us with our children and houses from ruin the ancient decrepit buttrums repeated in chorus god bless thee god guide thee without thee this would have been the end of Volmontevici. ah had they known in that crowd that the very same hand that had now saved the village from fire and the people from steel had two years before brought fire and the sword to that Volmontevici. After the fire was quenched, all began to collect in Bilevich's wounded. The youths in a rage ran through the battlefield and killed with poles from wagon racks, the wounded left by the Swedes and Sakovich's ravagers. Olenka took command of the nursing. Ever keeping her presence of mind full of energy and power, she did not cease her labor till every wounded man was resting in a cottage with dressed wounds then all the people followed her example in repeating at the cross a litany for the dead through the whole night no one closed an eye in Volmontavici. all were waiting for the return of the sword-bearer and babinich hurrying around at the same time to prepare for the victors a fitting reception oxen and sheep herded in the forests went under the knife and fires were roaring till morning anusia alone could take no part in anything for at first fear deprived her of power and later her joy was so great that it had the seeming of madness olenka had to care for her she was laughing and weeping in turn and again she threw herself in the arms of her friend repeating without system or order well what who saved Billevich and the party and all volmontovichi before whom did Sakovich flee who overwhelmed him and the swedes with him pan Babinich. well now i knew he would come for i wrote to him but he did not forget i knew i knew he would come it was i who brought him olenka olenka i am happy have i not told you that no one would conquer him charnyetsky is not his equal oh my god my god is it true that he will return will it be today if he was not going to return he would not have come is it not true do you hear olenka horses are neighing in the distance but in the distance nothing was neighing only toward morning a tramp was heard, shouting, singing, and Bilovich came back. The cavalry on foaming horses filled the whole village. There was no end to the songs, to the shouts, to the stories. The sword-bearer, covered with blood, panting but joyful, related till sunrise how he had broken a body of the enemy's cavalry, how he had followed them ten miles and cut them almost to pieces. bilovich as well as the troops and all the Lauda people, were convinced that Babinich might return at any moment. The forenoon came, then the sun went to the other half of the sky and was descending, but Babinich came not. Anusia toward evening had sunburned spots on her face. If he cared only for the Swedes and not for me, thought she in her soul. Still he got the letter, for he came to the rescue. Poor woman. She knew not that the souls of Yurik Billevich and Brown were long since in the other world and that Babinich had received no letter, for if he had received the letter he would have returned like a lightning-flash to Volmontovici, but not for thee, Anusia. Another day passed. Bilovich did not lose hope yet and did not leave the village. Anusia held stubborn silence. "'He has belittled me terribly, but it is good for me for my giddiness and my sins,' she said to herself. On the third day Billevich sent some men on a reconnaissance. They returned four days later with information that Babinich had taken Ponievji and spared not a Swede. Then he marched on. It was unknown whither, for tidings of him had ceased. "'I shall not find him till he comes up again,' said Billevich. Anusia became a nettle. Whoever of the nobles or younger officers touched her drew back quickly. But the fifth day she said to Olenka, "'Pan is just as good a soldier, but less rude.' And maybe, answered Olenka meditatively, maybe Pan Babinich has retained his constancy for that other woman of whom he spoke to you on the road from Zamosht. Well, all one to me, said Anusya, But she told not the truth, for it was not all one to her yet, by any means. End of chapter 53